At Urban Farm Podcast, we are all about education, and April is Foliar Feeding Month. Have you heard of it? It is a super simple application of spraying liquid organic fertilizer on your trees and garden plants. The leaves, branches, and trunks are incredible at absorbing nutrients. And if your soil isn't great or your pH is off, foliar feeding is a quick and long-lasting fix to get your plants the nutrients they need. Want to learn more? Join us for our free online webinar on how to apply this amazing process to your gardens and fruit trees. Visit urbanfarm.org to sign up. That's urbanfarm.org. Greetings, urban farmers, gardeners, and healthy food visionaries. Greg Peterson here, and welcome to the 326th episode of the Urban Farm Podcast, where every day we work together educating and inspiring you to become part of your food revolution. Growing plants that thrive in your yard is a lot easier than you think. It starts with saving your own seeds and letting them remember what they already learned. Just text SEEDS to 33444 or visit IWantToSaveSeeds.com and you will receive our free webinar about why seeds matter, why saving them is easy, and how you can save your own. Today on our podcast, we have someone who likes to add a bit of spice and sweet to life. We're talking with Jan McCarthy about making spicy jam. Jan worked in her parents' bakery from the age of 12 until she was 32 when she went back to school to be a paralegal, which she has done for the past 30 years. Ready to put some of the high stress of the legal world behind her, she was willing to try something new. So as a favor to her son, she started making jams for community projects of the Joy Bus Diner. Now her specialty is making hot, spicy jams. Welcome to the show today, Jen. Are you ready to jam? Ready to go. <laughs> cool. So I shared a bit about you. Can you fill in the blanks for us and share more about the path you took to get where you're at today? Actually, it started with my son approaching me in 2015, and he asked if I would donate jams to be put in his friend Jennifer Carraway. This was before she opened the Joy Bus Diner. Mm-hmm to be able to put my jams in baskets for the homebound women, men, and children with cancer. Wow. So I did that, and then he approached me again in about April of 2016 saying, Mm -hmm. Jennifer's got it going, and she's going to open a diner strictly for the Joy Bus Diner, and it was named after her best friend, Joy, who passed away from pancreatic cancer. Wow. How she got started was she started making healthy meals for her girlfriend and delivering, Mm -hmm. and it kind of took off from there. She kept the ball going, and now she has about 45 like I said, women, men, and children that are homebound that she delivers healthy, nutritious meals to on Fridays. Wow. Everybody is a volunteer. They pick up the food. They deliver it. They sit down with each each patient mm-hmm. and kind of chat with them, make them feel like they're not the only one out there. And mm-hmm. a lot of the volunteers are cancer survivors. Yeah. So it's, it's a good cause. Mm-hmm. And when this started, I didn't realize I had to become legal. 
in yeah. order to do this. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. So, you know, Arizona. I had to get the correct license, go through all of the do's and the don'ts. I had to learn to cook at the Joy Bus Diner, which mm-hmm. is a commercial kitchen oh, right. to me. I started with about eight jams and then moved on. And about this April 1st, I decided to go and participate in Uptown Farmer's Market. Right. That's where we met, by the way, everybody. Yes. Yes, it is. That's more or less, that's when I started making even more flavors. Mm-hmm. And the hotter and spicier they were, the more people wanted. (laughs) Wow. I now have 31 flavors. 31 flavors of jam. Yes. Nice. Nine of them are hot and spicy. Mm -hmm. They range from mild with jalapeno to serrano to habanero to ghost pepper. Ghost pepper. That sounds pretty hot. It is hot. There's only two peppers hotter than that, and that is the Trinidad Scorpion mm-hmm. and the Carolina Reaper. And I'm growing Trinidad Scorpions in my backyard. Oh, nice. So maybe next year I can create even one that's hotter. Wow. Yeah. Each jam has to be tested by the state. Oh, okay. It's part of becoming legit. Uh-huh, Right. And then at that point, then I can introduce it to the public. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I, I started as a favor to my son, and then I donate 60 jars a month to the Joy Bus Diner. Mm-hmm. They put it on their tables for breakfast to have with their food, mm-hmm. and then they also sell my jam there. Oh, cool. It's strictly the Joy Bus. Right. This month, because it was Christmas, I made an additional 32 to be put in the baskets for the patients. Mm-hmm. And then they needed additional to sell. So right. it ended up with about 125 jars this month. So you've been doing this since 2015. Were you canning before that? Oh, yeah. So you've you've canned for a while. Yes, I have. My parents used to travel around the United States and my mom and dad would bring back like over 30 cases of smoked salmon Cherries, Jubilee, you know, veggies, just about anything. Mm -hmm. They're old school. Even though they have the bakery, they're old school as far as canning is concerned. I have three older sisters, and my one older sister also does jam and sells hers at Cole's Ranch. Really? Yes. When I was a kid, we had a cabin at Cole's Ranch, so I'm familiar with that. Okay, well, her place that she's lived in over 30 years is across the highway from Cole's Ranch up the mountain near the fish hatchery. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Like I said, I started making jams and I would give them out as gifts to everybody. And and then I found out I couldn't do that. (laughs) (laughs) You had to get legal. Well, let's just put it this way. In case someone got sick, I wanted to make sure, you know, there's a lot of things to canning that they don't tell you in books. Right. Sterilizing is probably the most important, Mm -hmm. but there's a lot of ifs, ands, and buts about pH levels, acidity levels, and trial and error. Oh, yes. There you go. And I use a special pectin, Mm -hmm. which is low sugar. Mm -hmm. So instead of utilizing the normal jams that are made out there as far as recipes, which is usually five cups of fruit, to seven cups of sugar. Wow. I use four cups 
of fruit to one to one and a half cups of yeah. sugar. Perfect. So a lot different. You taste. It's almost all fruit. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So do you, do you happen to use Pomona's pectin? Yes, I do. Yes. I love it. I've used Pomona's pectin for 15, 20 years, maybe. It's an excellent product. Yes, it is. And they are wonderful over there because yeah. when I started, I'm going, you're going to have to explain all this to me. And how does it work? <laughs> right. And they're wonderful. Yeah, the crew over there. In fact, you reminded me I need to reach out to them again and see if I can get them on the podcast because I tried that earlier and uh, they were busy. So let's talk about your process from going as a hobby canner to getting legal and how do you do all of that? So you had to start by finding a commercial kitchen, right? Yes, you do. And Jennifer was kind enough to say, okay, let's work out a deal. Mm -hmm. I donate the jams and I get to utilize the kitchen. Oh, nice. Works out great for both of us. Yes, exactly. I used to have a relationship like that with a restaurant here in town. I'd grow food for her and she would feed me. So gotta love that. <laughs> same, same concept. Right. Because commercial kitchens, if you have to rent them for any amount of time, mm -hmm. it's expensive. Oh yeah. And it just didn't pay for it. Yeah. For me to do it that way. And why do you need a commercial kitchen? Health department. Mm -hmm. First of all, like I said, even though you can, and there's a lot of canners out there, it's different working in a in a kitchen that's mm -hmm. a commercial kitchen because, you know, you look at three sinks and you're going, what are these for? Like I said, it's trial and error. Yeah. So I had to kind of relearn, even though I practice safe canning, it's different than doing it in a restaurant. Yeah. From your kitchen to the, you know, to a commercial kitchen, exactly. And I'm lucky that the Joy Bus is, they're open Tuesday through Sunday from 7 a.m. to 2 p.m. So I have my own key. I can go in after hours mm. or on their day that they're closed, which is on Mondays, mm -hmm. and do all the canning I want. Nice. My deal with you was that I wasn't going to open the jam that I got from you until you actually got on the show. So I can open this now, and I got it in my hand. And it is one of the vanilla ones that you call it. It is the berry, berry, berry. Yes. So when you're doing something like this and putting together a berry, berry, berry jam, how much product do you need? How much, you know, fruit do you need? And how many jars do you end up with? By the way, oh, it didn't pop. I was hoping it would make a nice when I opened it, but it didn't. I just opened it. We're going to try it on air here in a minute. Okay. Well, as they'll tell you at State of Arizona Environmental Services, uh -huh. you utilize tried and true recipes. Mm -hmm. Since you work with Pomona, you know that they have their own out there. Oh, yes. I learned to convert, and they teach you that too, that if you had a recipe using regular pectin that you might have used prior to Pomona, mm -hmm. you have to make alterations. Yeah. And that's what I did. I mean, the three berry that you've got there is strawberry, raspberry, and blackberry. I just tried different recipes. And like I said, once once I got the recipe to gel appropriately, mm -hmm. then I went ahead and had it tested, which if anybody's listening, each flavor is $26.10. To get it tested. To get it tested. And what are they testing it for? Water activity and pH. Oh, now, I have my own pH meter. Mm -hmm. So when I do jams, I test them 
to make sure I stay within that, you know, as a general rule, it's 2.9 to, I stay to 3.8. Mm-hmm. Even though they say anything under 4.6 is, is good, I play it safe. And I also use bottled lemon juice. You're not harvesting your own lemons and getting lemon juice that way. Oh, yeah. When I make lemon marmalade mm-hmm. or one of my best sellers is honey lemon. And it's made with fresh lemon juice and bottled lemon juice and lemon zest. Mm-hmm. And it's wonderful. Oh, my gosh. I need, <laughs> really a, I need a jar of it's, that. It's good for putting in hot tea or if I made it originally for my sister that has bronchitis. Mm-hmm. And it ended up being such a a good product that I went ahead and put it <laughs> in my testing. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? What great fun you have! You get to take all these fruits uh, and vegetable. Well, I guess a pepper's a fruit, isn't it? Who knows? Yeah, there you go. All I know is I just stay in the hot realm. So, yeah. you know, I I don't throw regular peppers in. I only use the ones that have a little heat. Yeah. So you get you know you get to have this great fun experimenting, making jams, and then you get to deliver it to a community organization that creates a difference in the world. Then you get to make a little bit extra for us Jam and Jan fans out here to take it home. How cool is that? It's great. Yeah. And most people don't understand. That's another beauty of having Pomona pectin Uh is you can double, you can triple, you can quadruple your recipe. Oh, yes. Without it jeopardizing the gel. Right, and and that's hard, sometimes hard to do with recipes. I made a a bread recipe recently out of almond flour, and I doubled it, and it flopped. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Often you have to make sure that you're you know you got a solid recipe to be able to double it like that. Yes, you do. I mean, when I came out of the bakery and someone said, well, why don't you make your own bread? And I look at them and I'm going, because I only know how to make 30 loaves at a time. It's different <laughs> making one. Yeah, exactly. And that's true. Yeah. So I want to go back to the, I want to go back to the very, very, very. Okay. This batch that you made that I happened to get a jar of, thank you very much. How many berries did you come up with? What's that process look like? Do you get five pounds, 50 pounds, a hundred pounds? Oh, no, no. Because do you know how, oh, <laughs> You're scaring me. Oh, uh uh-oh, sorry. The only time that I actually buy in bulk is I do have my cherries shipped in from Upper Michigan. Mm -hmm. It's a cherry farm up there called King's, and they're Baladon tart cherries. Oh. They're shipped to me frozen Mm. in five-gallon buckets. Mm -hmm. That's the only time I buy in really big bulk. Uh Other than that... You know, I might have, I don't know, maybe 10 pounds, 15, only because the storage would be an issue. Oh, right. You can't turn around and make, if you've made, or some of your jammers, if they've made it at all, they usually turn around and and make utilizing all the fruit, you know, and fruit spoils. Oh, yeah. Fast. Yes. So what I do is if I buy more than I need, I wash it. And I try to get I try to get organic if I can mm-hmm. at all possible. Yeah. But there's times that it's just not feasible financially. Right. So I wash all the fruit in vinegar. Doesn't matter what kind of fruit it is. Mm-hmm. It's washed in vinegar. Oh wow. And then I store it in gallon bags and I freeze it. Because uh, fruit can last up to a year if you yep. need it to. Yeah, exactly. Frozen. So yeah. 
and I'm just lucky that, I mean, Jennifer has a walk-in freezer, but I can't fill it with just fruit and expect her to run her business. Yeah, exactly. So I get only what I absolutely need that I'm going to project for the next couple of months. Mm -hmm. And that's how I buy my fruit. Most of it I do get at Sprouts. Oh, interesting. All right. Well, they have beautiful fruit. Yeah. And it's close. You can find a Sprouts almost anywhere. Some of it I find at at Costco Uh when I'm lucky and certain fruit is in season. Yeah. Then I get greedy and try to buy it. (laughs) Well, this this year we'll talk in about May and I'll, I'll have apricots and peaches that you can make some jam out of. Apricots are hard hard to find. I was lucky that I had someone at the farmer's market uh-huh. traded me out jam for apricots. And then I also found organic apricots at Costco. Ooh, and they nice. were beautiful. Yeah. And they were worth the, the little extra that I ended up paying for them mm-hmm. because they were huge. They were just gorgeous. Oh, yeah. And they, the apricots, I only have enough to make maybe one more batch before I'm out. Mm-hmm. So yeah, May can't come soon enough for me. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so I want you to think back. You've been doing this now for 15, 16, 17, coming up on three years. Mm-hmm. Was there one moment that when you think back on that, it's that moment that you absolutely knew that this is what you were supposed to be doing because something something happened. Have you got one of those for me? Yes, it would probably be one of my girlfriends about eight or nine years ago mm-hmm. went through breast cancer. Mm. And I was with her when she had her port put in and mm. when she would have really bad days. And almost everyone knows someone that has suffered from cancer. Yes. That was probably the determining factor mm-hmm. for me. And she's a survivor, still going strong. I don't know how to say it other than that. To me, that was my choice. Yeah. And the fact... I have four kids, and this was my youngest son that came to me about Jennifer. Mm-hmm. He'd been with, he'd been friends with Jennifer for about five or six years. It was right for yeah. me. It was right, and the legal field can be crushing at times. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. emotionally, yeah. emotionally. So for me, it was perfect, and it gave me something to do. I started as a hobby, and it kind of turned into more than that. I have a friend that is taking 12 of my jars to HSN this this week. I don't know what will come of that. I don't know if I'm even capable of handling a volume like that. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. That makes me panic more than anything because yeah. it's, it's just me. I'm a grandma, uh-huh. and, and I want to stay a grandma status, Yeah. meaning I want to be able to go to you know my grandchildren's functions mm-hmm. and events. So, yeah, if if you get too big, it takes the fun out. Uh Yeah, I can totally get that. Yeah, and Sprouts approached me at the farmer's market about three weeks ago, four weeks ago, Uh and said, well, you know, would you be interested? He said, we have 36 stores. And I looked at him, and I started laughing, and I said, no. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Not going to happen. Yeah. No. Yeah. Well, and, and you say that, and the, I can hear the happiness in your voice. You're yes. Just, you're just ecstatic about it. So I'm going to shift on you, and I'd like for you to talk about a time you failed, how you overcame that failure, and what you might have learned from it. And I told you before, which one? <laughs> <laughs> right. As far as jamming, it was probably when I was using regular pectin and 
you know, it's touchy, and you're trying new recipes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we ended up with I just gave a bunch of blackberry jam out and said it goes over pancakes. Oh my gosh! <laughs> because it did not gel. Yep. And it's like, hey, whatever, go ahead, have a good time. It's yeah. free. You know, there you go. Well, hey, it's syrup. It still tastes good. It is, and but still, that was the old, you know, jam uh-huh. where you used a lot of sugar, so oh, it yeah. was sweet. Sweet, really, yeah. Yeah, and now I tell people that come to the, you know, besides it's being low sugar, you know, there's other uses for it. Most of the hot jams I make, mm-hmm. I tell people pour it over meatballs. Oh, yeah. Baste it with you know. Based pork chops. The lemon marmalade goes great because it's really tart and tangy. Mm-hmm. Put it over fish. Oh. Or brie. Or, you know, there's just other things you can do with jam, especially because a lot of people are celiac. So they have to find alternatives. Mm-hmm. Use food. There's always something to do with food. Right. <laughs> with jam. So it works out well wow. for me. Cool. So what do you consider your biggest success? My children. I have four adult children, uh-huh. and they're wonderful. They're mm-hmm. wonderful. Cool. Yeah. They turned out good. So what's your biggest success in jam? It's called Black Reaper. <laughs> oh. Tell us about Black Creeper? Yes, and it has a little reaper on the label. Oh, okay. Black Reaper. Okay. It's Blackberry Reaper. It's Blackberry. Start with blackberries. Now, what you do is you add jalapenos, serranos, habaneros, and ghost peppers to it. Oh, my gosh. All of them. You know what? It's my best seller. <laughs> really? Yes. It's not as hot as is just having like ghost mango mm-hmm. or my ghost raspberry. It has heat, a lot of heat, but it kind of hits you first. When somebody tastes it, they'll they'll taste it and they'll go, oh, I don't feel the, oh, there it is. <laughs> and you get the sweet, then you get the hot. Mm-hmm. And yeah, life is good. And what's funny is I don't like hot things. Oh, wow. I don't taste the jams. I can't. (laughs) I'm not. I can do mild Mm -hmm. to maybe a little bit more than mild, but the hot ones, no, no, not going to happen. Someone at the restaurant's always willing to try the hot ones or my husband's a guinea pig. It works out. Well, perfect. And what drives you? I guess everybody has their own drummer. Mm -hmm. I don't know how to explain that other than that. I've alluded to it. It seems to me like it might be in service. Okay, a little story here. My husband and I went to the Joy Bus to have breakfast on Sunday because my granddaughter is playing volleyball in that area, Mm -hmm. and they had an hour and a half break. So we go over there, and who walks in is, okay, do you remember Gerald? Of course. (laughs) Pat McMahon. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Where my dad had his bakery, Wallace came in every morning and bought a couple dozen donuts and took them to KPHO. Oh, wow. Every day he uh-huh. did that. Wow. So I went up and I I introduced myself and I said, I know you probably don't remember me, but I'm the youngest daughter of Nolan and Sue Sample. And I said, my dad owned Nolan's Bakery. And then he, he just went off. He goes, oh my gosh. He's, he kept going on, things like that. And then telling yeah. him, he's a really big supporter of the Joy Bus Diner. Oh, he does a lot nice. of promotion for it. Uh-huh. So it's, it's like telling him, I've come full circle. Mm-hmm. It's my jams that are now being served. 
it's full circle. Yeah. There's a reason, I guess, is how you would put it. Right. And for those listeners that don't live in the Phoenix area, we had this show many decades ago called the Wallace and Ladmo show. It was a it was a kid's show that would play in the afternoon after school and Gerald and Mrs. Grudgemeyer were both played by Pat McMahon. He's one of our local celebs here. So if you could recommend one book for our listeners, what would it be and why? In the 80s, I had found a book. It was called Back to Basics. It was Mm -hmm. by Reader's Digest. Mm. And then in between moves or something, I lost it. Well, I found it on Amazon about five years ago Uh and ordered it. Wow. Well, Reader's Digest, it's a self-sufficiency. You know, it talks about life essential on Mm -hmm. how to have shelter, food, water, how to grow your own veggies, canning, how to build a log cabin, solar, whatever. Oh, right. But it's something that maybe our grandparents would know. Right. But we never had to do it. And it was always interesting to me. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I still have it there and then look through it occasionally. Nice. It's just with the world the way it is now, it just kind of made sense to have it on Uh hand again. Don't know why. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. So what one final piece of advice do you have for our listeners? As far as canning, sterilize, sterilize, and then sterilize. Yeah. (laughs) And make things that that your family loves Mm -hmm. to eat because if you can do your own, there's nothing better. Yeah. And if you can't, come to the market and buy mine. There you go. Uptown (laughs) Farmer's Market. (laughs) On Saturdays only. (laughs) Perfect. Well, thank you so much for joining us on the show today, Jan. Okay, you are welcome. And I have, even though I have a website, Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't mail out my jams. I just tell people where I'm at. You got to come in. Or they can go to the Joy Bus Diner. There you go. And that way it's twofold. They can taste my jam Mm -hmm. and it's a good cause. Perfect. So you can find Jan at Jam and Jan's booth at the Uptown Farmer's Market on Saturdays. Uh, And uh, that's at Central and Bethany Home in Phoenix, Arizona. And you do have a website? Yes. It's called Jammin, J-A-M-M-I-N, Jans, J-A-N-S, jam.com. Perfect. You can also find show notes from today's podcast at urbanfarm.org forward slash Jam and Jan. We are your urban farming resource. You can find our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and more. Also visit urbanfarm.org to find articles, podcasts, webinars, courses, and way so much more. Well, that's it for today. Thanks for joining us on the Urban Farm Podcast. Growing plants that thrive in your yard is a lot easier than you think. It starts with saving your own seeds and letting them remember what they already learned. Just text SEEDS to 33444 or visit IWantToSaveSeeds.com and you will receive our free webinar about why seeds matter, why saving them is easy, and how you can save your own. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Urban Farm Podcast. Remember to listen for tips, advice, and resources to help you on your journey with urban farming. You can find us on the web at urbanfarm.org or send us an email to podcast at urbanfarm.org. In the words of Vincent Van Gogh, great things are done by a series of small things brought together. Be encouraged that with each lesson learned and skill developed, you are one step closer in the direction of your dreams. One of the first things that many of us learn when we start to garden is how to water and fertilize the soil. But there is an exception to this rule and it's called foliar feeding. You should foliar feed 
or water the leaves of your plant with liquid fertilizer when you want certain nutrients to be absorbed better. Not only are the leaves great at uptaking liquid fertilizer, if your soil isn't very good or your pH is off, foliar feeding can help your veggies and fruit trees quickly get the nutrients they need to thrive. If you're ready to start foliar feeding for maximum growth yields and quality, head on over to urbanfarm.org forward slash feed the leaves to see our selection of foliar feeding products. That's urbanfarm.org forward slash feed the leaves.